This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. To um, speak about somebody, a Godel, whose who's, uh, yard site is going to be this month. Um, the one I want to speak about is the Rosh, whose yard site is Tes Cheshvin. And... Um, the Rosh occupies an extraordinary role in Klausel's history. Um, for those of you again who are new, I'd, I'd, I'd like to try to show where my Mekoros are, because any time something comes without Mekoros about uh, events that happened hundreds of years ago, you can basically write it off as being worthless. Um, so the one, the most reliable monograph about the um, about the rush, it was written by somebody named Reb Chaim Freiman, put out Moshe of Cook, um, and basically he gets all of his information from what's written in the Chuvas Rush himself. Um, that's quite a source of a lot of information. What others contemporaries wrote about him, the Tashbitz writes, his one, that one, and basically almost everything that he does, like any good work of history, is sourced to a contemporary of the Rush, uh, or somebody immediately afterwards, and basically um, that's where the information comes from. Um, in the Jewish itself, oh, there, there are here and there pieces that are very interesting. So, we'll talk about the Rush, because the Rush really stands at a crossroads in, in Kalisol's history. First of all, um, you have to bear in mind that in those days, countries were not exactly the way we have them today. The countries were not as big as today. They were, they were bits and pieces. They were closer to the, to, the, to the size of a province. So there were two centers in Europe of Yiddishkeit. There was France and Germany. Jews had been thrown out of England. France and Germany. France had most of Balataisvis, Rashi Balataisvis. And then it, life became kind of difficult. And Germany also had much, um, had some of Balataisvis, we'll see in a second. And then it came to a close. The, and there was Jewry in the Iberian Peninsula, Spain, Portugal. Those were two centers. Now, um, the Jews in... So, so the Rosh was born in, not clear, 1240, 1250, and died in about 1320, 1327. Again, the, the, the dates are conflicted. They are there, but by and large, that's when he lived. He came at the tail end of the Tesis, of the Tkufa de Balataisvis. 1100s and 1200s, beginning 1200s, what it took for the Balataisvis, and with um, and basically the rush, in many ways, was the last or the or the or the one after the last Balataisvis. The rush's Rebbe was somebody who was possibly the the Godlador and the last Balataisvis, who was also stood on a, a statue of his own. His name was the Marami Rottenberg. The Marami Rottenberg um, lived in a German city, Rottenberg. He was the one that everybody sent Shilas to in Europe. Um, his, um, he was 
the recognized Paisic of French German Jewry and wider. Um, we don't. We have a lot of. We're missing a huge amount of his styles of Jewish. We have a lot. They're not written terribly well. They're just like like just very short and brief. And that's why most of what we have from Ron Rottenberg is written in other Sfarim, like the Russian bring it song. He was the Rush's Rebbe in Germany, and the Rush and the Marami Rottenberg was the Galadar. The Marami Rottenberg, um, there, there was a lot of Xeris in Germany. And again, when we're talking about Germany, we don't mean it's, it's a lot of the states that are Germany today were like little independent states and they had different affiliations and back and forth and so on. Um, th- they had a minug that they would allow Jewish communities to grow and then they would make a xera, throw them out, take all their money and uh, a while later bring them back in again and out, in and out. It was, it was quite terrible times. And the Merami Rottenberg had decided that he would go to Eretz Yisrael. He was at the border and about to leave, and they arrested him. I, did, I think it says somewhere that somebody mastered on him, I don't, I don't remember, but they arrested him. The king was very scared that if he would go to Israel, he wanted to go to Israel. Other German Jews would go to Israel, and, and the sponge would try, there'd be nobody to squeeze for money anymore. So he had him arrested, he had him imprisoned and didn't release him. This happened in um, 1286. The, um, the king made a, um, he did, so they, they made a committee to go to the king to ransom him, and the rush took personal responsibility to raise a million mark, I think it was, incredible sum, um, that he would be responsible, personally liable for that money. And they began to collect the money, and the Maramirotberg refused. He said it's a halachim of reshes, that you not pay the person for more than his worth, because we don't want this to become the Minaga Medina. And the Maramirotberg refused to allow himself to be Nifta, and he was Nifta seven years later. In 1293, he was Nifta. And the king kept his body in jail for another 14 years until somebody would pay for his body. The Rush, meanwhile, um, realized that he would be next in line. And the Rush managed to slip out. And he escaped. Him with his family. And they began traveling westward to escape Germany. They came to Savoy. And he was afraid to stay there because it was too close to Germany. There was, it, it was under... The, under the, that prince's uh, um, dominion, and he began, and he and he traveled through Provence, which is South France, and then ended up in Spain, which also was a lot of small countries, kind of, and uh, under the banner of Spain, uh, there was Aragon, Castile, Andalusia. Uh, 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 there were a lot of sm- sm- I don't know what to call them entities. Um, the rush. We have to understand something. Today, to go from France or Germany to Spain is a train ride. In those days, it was traveling like halfway around the world. It was different cultures. Spanish Jewry's culture was remarkably different than German Jewry's culture. That, that's going to be a very important piece.
Um, and the Rosh began seeing a whole different world in front of him. In Provence, he began to see the differences were German and French Jews were they 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 were very um, insulated. They had little shaykhs with the goyim, except when the goyim put a gun, or a gun to the heads or, or a pike to the heads and demanded money. That was the only contact they had. Nothing but gzeris and redifus. They were not terribly cultured countries. And the Jews were, the only things they learned were Torah, Yiddishkeit, you know, Gemara, Halacha. If they learned, that's what they learned. They had no shaykhs with philosophy. It wasn't part of theirs. They were very midaktik in mitzvahs. Diktuk HaMitzvah was very, very important to them, and that was their world. As you moved westward towards Spain, so once you crossed into Provence and came into Spain, so um, people lived well with the Goyim. They, they, you know, there were Xeris Redifus, but there was a lot of um, interaction with the Goyim. Uh, um, on, when, when times were good, they mixed. They saw themselves very much part of the Spanish culture. They were into philosophy, into all sorts of philosophy, and much less learning for most people, and um, much weaker adherence to mitzvahs and so on. That was that was a, a clear difference between you know going from here to there. The rush um, kept moving westward. He ended up in Toledo. In Toledo was where he he ended up in Toledo, but before that he came to the Rajba's town, and he spent a week learning Bechavrusa with the Rajba, and they had tremendous mutual derechas uh, for each other. They they held each other in great esteem, and the rush together with the Rajba would become the Gdolador in Spain. Um, the the rush would would be, would begin countersigning the Rajba's declarations Bechulu Bechulu. The rush ended up in Toledo, I think it's the 1305, and he was there until he was Nifta, basically. Um, that was the that was the the rush's uh, trajectory. Um, the rush was of a very different cut than the Spanish Jew. They had tremendous derechayos for him. They had tremendous, um, you know, they 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 respect him tremendously. But um, he came from a different world and was appalled at what he saw, that he opened the yeshiva that focused on, on learning and so on and so forth. He left over a tremendous amount of um, svarim. Let's go through the svarim and one, the most, probably the most important of the svarim are the piske rush. They're in back of Masechta. Everybody almost always learns them. They are similar to the riff he condenses the Gemara so that we have just a halacha. He adds the points that Teisvis made, and Baderach Klal will agree with it, or will, you know, if he disagrees, he'll say so. But Teisvis's points, la halacha, are almost invariably incorporated into the rush. That's the Piskei rush, are our, the, the tour. Um, well, the Torah line, the, the Shulchan Aruch used the Rush as one of the three pillars that he relied on. The Rift, the Ramam, the Rush, and the Rush was one of the three. The Rush will add, sometimes we'll say what the Rift says and argues, what the Ga'inim say, 
um, one, uh, once in a while are Benyayin and so on. But that's that's the the Rush's um, Piske Rush, and it's the most important of his works. The Rush also wrote Taisvis on the on Shas. It's not clear if the Taisvis that we have from the Rush are his own Taisvis. In other words, this is how he learned the Sugya, and this is the Shurim he said in Yeshiva. Or he basically took the Rashmi Shans and transcribed it, adding here and there a little bit. Not clear how, exactly how that came about. He wrote a Pirish on Mishnayis that we have on Zroyim and Tyrus. He wrote a Pirish on Samesechtis, like the Dorim. Also, not clear if he wrote on all of Shas, we only have this, only wrote on those Mesechtis. He wrote um, Chuvis. And the chuvas are also organized in a very interesting way. There's, there's like hundreds of chuvas. They're, they're called klolim. The klal is a section that has a bunch of chuvas around a central topic. Those, those were, that's how his chuvas works. Quite an unusual way to do it, but that's his chuvas. The chuvas, they are very important. He put out a musa sefer called Arachas Chaim Rosh. it also is called Sefat Savos, um, Sefat Savor, um, I think it has another name also, it, has, it goes by a few names, but Tachlis, it's like 132 sayings of what to be Mechazik Zalfin. He doesn't, it's not Mus in the sense where he explains anything, he just says a person always does this and that, and people have written Pirushim on it, where it's coming from, what it entails, and so on. Um, there's also a Pirush on Chumish, that's ascribed to the rush. Very hard to know if it's the rush or not. Um, it's lumped together with the Tysus's Pirush. We don't know exactly how it came about and what it is. Um, and there's that's those are the sperm that he put out. And we have. We also was zeicha to somebody forging a chuvas harash um, in the mid 1800s. A maskil, a closet maskil, put out. Uh, a shayel's tshuva is called psamim rosh. Supposedly, these were tshuvas that were found from the rush, new tshuvas. In those tshuvas are included um, tshuvas that paint the rush as a closet maskil and as a um, and as a makil in in some halachis that are extraordinary. It, every, it, it, certainly, those tshuvas are forged. No one has any doubt about it. The question is if all the chubas are forged, and or no, he took some genuine chubas that he found and mixed in whatever he wanted. No one, again, the, the, the jury is out on that. But so we have forged chubas in Russia also. Besides what he wrote, we have what people wrote in his name. But 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 that vast array of material is 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 the Russia's what, what Rush produced. Um, actually, the king of Germany wanted him to come back and he sent a, a, a message to him that he's giving him safe passage back and there'll be 50 people to protect him and he won't touch him and this and this and that. The Rush had some doubts about the sincerity of that message and he didn't take him up on the offer. Basically told him thanks but no thanks. But And he stayed in Spain and that's, that's where he lived out his life. In Spain there was a raging machloikis. So in the Chuvis you know, there, there are a few interesting things about the rush. I, I, I want to explain what's history and what's interpretation. 
Um, when you read history, so the facts are the rush signed off on, um, on certain haramim and so on and so forth. In the the, the non from historians basically portray the following. Spain was Gan Eden, beautiful country, golden era of Judaism. Jews were both very Jewish, very Spanish, cultured, musical, philosophical, uh, you name it, everything was wonderful. Um, some Kanoim came in from Germany, the Rosh Besaycham and the Rosh Beresham, and destroyed this beautiful Spanish Jewry. So th- there are, there, the facts are as follows, and then there's a reality, and the, and the Russian self writes about that reality. Um, the, the, there was an ongoing war amongst Rabbanim about how we deal with philosophy. And the Rambam, who's written some works of philosophy, in other words, Mornevuchim, plus Torah, and things like that. And there was Kanoim, Abamari, Rabbeinu Yonah, and so on. And they kept on, they, they, they were more and more upset. And they came up with a harem against anyone teaching their children under 25 philosophy. Um, there was a group of Rabbanim against them. They put out a country called Adara. So this is all actually printed. The, all these letters are printed in a sefer called Minchas Kanos. It's the letters of Abba Murray to other Rabbanim to agree with him and to present his case and so on. We have the sefer, and this is where, obviously, we can call this information. There was a sefer that came out against it called Adaraba that these Rabbanim are to be put into Cherem for imputing the Rambam, etc., etc. And there was a group of Rabbanim that were, very, were happy the way things were, but they were a minority, and they, they didn't... The, 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 the Rashba was, was with Murray and so on and so forth. The Rashba and the Rosh were more moderate in the sense that they didn't want to make a full Machloikis. They were scared of the implications of a full Machloikis. They tried to reach some understanding until they felt kolo Basically, the Rush writes that he wasn't so against things until he came to Spain, went to the province in Spain. He, at first he thought this is very fine, and then he realized the people, uh, the Yiddishkeit is serious, com- seriously compromised. What happened was, what, what philosophy, quote-unquote, had done was as follows they began to see the Torah as a marshal. And, and, and Avram and Sarah are connected, really, they're really Chaymer and that's Surah and, and this is Elon. This is all, and all, all of Torah is just a myth. And really talking about very deep philosophical <laughs> ideas, which basically weakened any sense of commitment to it. People are Maratzim, people didn't learn, they didn't know much halacha, and their minds were not were not uh, Torah true minds. They, they you know, they, they, they Torah was like a, a nice uh, um, a, a nice book to be studied for its worth. That's where people were, and the rush was appalled. And he said, "I have this thesis on because I think people should never learn philosophy." And he keeps writing about it, he keeps knocking it. It's not 
it's portrayed that Spanish jury was ideal jury. So if ideal jury are people that don't keep mitzvahs, don't believe in Tayyaman Ajimayim, and, and are very well versed in Spanish culture and philosophy, then they're right. It was the golden era of, 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 of jury. But if, 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 if keeping Torah and, and being, and being Dovok in Torah and, and Maminim, they Maminim, then it was appalling. So they came out with a harem against it, and the Rush signed off on it together with the Rashba. The Rashba, the Rashba was the, 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 the Godland, the Rush added his weight, which was tremendous, because as a balalacha and as a posik, he, he was the respected authority, and, and that carried the day. In his chuvas, and, and chuvas are actually extremely interesting, because they give you a real portrait of life and so on. So there's a lot of interesting things in the chuvas, but two or three interesting points in his chuvas about himself. A, he mentions that the Spanish government allowed them to administer capital punishment. And he said, there was one shayla about a miser, and the Rush writes that if, if, the, um, if, there's clear, if three times he did it and was warned and there's witnesses and so forth, they should kill him. Um, he said the din that we don't do capital punishment today is only mitoras dalad misses besen, you know, for spimchal shabbos and so forth. But since there's such a tremendous need, we should we need to do it. There was a woman who was 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 a, a zaina, and she was warned and so, on and so forth. And the rush said to disfigure her so that she's not natural people. And um, there's a very strong truvis. There's another tshuva, which again touches on this fault line of, um, of the Tkufis, of, of, I mean Germany and, and Spain actually, I should say. Um, there was a takana in the cities about how to divide up certain Yerushas of a husband who passes away, how much his wife would get, the kids, and they were written in Arabic. The Rush did not know Arabic. And somebody um, took issue with the way he interpreted it. And this person wrote that to understand this, we need to understand Arabic. And also, you need to have a broader view of life. He said there's, there's something called natural law, things that make sense, that should be. And then religious law is mafkir from that. And it's hard, to, it's hard to get a feel from the back and forth. There was a back and forth there. But basically, the person was trying to say sometimes common sense has to take presence of Allah. I think that's the feel of it. The rush really slams him hard, really hard on it. And this is one place he writes, Baruch Hashem, I don't know philosophy, and, and I, you know, this is absolute rubbish. Allah is Allah, and you have to pass a din like a din, and all this other nonsense, very, very strong lushen, and and really, really harsh. It, in, other, in another place, the person apologized. He was a rough, he was a harsh person, and he apologized to the Rush. But I come on, the Rush is extremely harsh on that. Another very fascinating tshuva is there was a rough in a town who, um, who did not want to make an Erev in the town. He felt that there was an a, a Erev in the town for, 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 for decades and decades, and maybe even more. And he had a halachic issue where he felt it's a big cooler. And the Rush writes to him that, he, that what he's doing is terrible, because by being machmer and not making error, he's being marshal many people in Tiltal, and therefore he's geyser on him. 
that he has to make an Erev in his town. And then when he heard that he's not following through, he basically wrote, I don't know to whom, that they should, he said he's crazy, this person, and they should put him to Cherem, and they should you know, take him out of the public arena. He felt very, very strongly about this person that it, it, it's wrong for Rav to push a Chumrah, which will end up being marshal so many other people, he felt that that was wrong. Um, the, the, um, and, and his Chuvis, every so often, is very, very strong um, about Minhagim. He holds that only the Gemara is binding, and Takanas HaGa'oinim are not binding. If, if, you, if you find riots against the Goinim, you pass against the Goinim. Very strong about that. Um, and so on. That, that was a point. He said the, the list, you know, the, to take other Rishonim right, that called Divrei Goinim, Divrei Kabbalah Ninhu, they held the Takhanis of the Goinim, tremendous esteem, Bechla, what the Goinim said. He argued on that, and he said Goinim are subject to the same, um, the same halachas, so to speak. As are the um, as are the Rishayim. It makes no difference, and if you have rise against them, it doesn't stand anymore. He left. Oh, he left over a few children. We know of Rabbi Yehuda, who I think took over his his place. Um, the most famous of his sons is Rabbi Yaakov Alaturim. Rabbi Yaakov Alaturim was a giant in his own right. The tour is the answer of the Paiskin to the Rambam where the Rambam wrote one shita, one daya on Kolotari Kula, the tour was the first halacha sefer that goes on topics, as opposed to, to the Rif and the Rush who are on the Mesechta. And it goes on topics, and he brings the major machlokas rishonim that are that are negea, the major machlokas rishonim. So it's a work that, on the one hand, it's organized like the Rambam, but it's a completely different type of work because the Rambam made a point of having only his shita, so that gives it a very unified feeling from A to Z. The, the tour brings all the Machlaikas Rishayim, many Machlaikas Rishayim, the important ones, and the Beisais have supplemented it later with, with, with the Nyanim from later. Um, so, so the, the Rosh, let's, let's just um, understand his, the, what the Rosh did. A. The Rush took Tyrus, Germany, France slash Germany and brought it to Spain. And from that point onwards, Germany would be way second rank to Spain. It would be, that was it. He, he sort of fused the two Tyrus together. He brought to a close the era of Balitaisvis in a very fine way. Balitaisvis was the last big one. He's the last one. The Taisis Arash does serve for us to help us elucidate Taisis for that reason. He brought halacha and respect for halacha to Spain. He brought a, a, a reality check to, to Spanish acculturation and that they had, you know, sort of lost themselves and become totally, uh, um, you know, disintegrated into, into philosophy and Spanish culture. He gave it a jolt and was very, very strong. Is, is, and he writes that the reason why he's so strong against it is not because he intrinsically opposes it, it's because he saw the churban, 
he, comparing what Germany was and what Spain is, he realized what the Hurdom is and, and, and we must contain at all costs. Um, his his Psakim are really the foundation for, in a certain sense, Ashkenazi Psak. The tour would, would then become the safer that coming from that, even though he moved to Spain, he was still trying so on and so forth. A final note of interest, there's a sefer called Emek HaBacha, which is about the Tzaras HaKal Yisrael in France, or Germany, or Spain, and written by a contemporary, Rebbe Yisrael and he writes that a year before 1492, now it's 1491, the wife of some Rav, I forgot the name who he says, had a dream, her husband gave the dream and told her to destroy the entire the base olam, the matseva. I think he told her to destroy his matseva, and she went and destroyed all the matsevas, including the rush and Rabbi Yoyin and others, in order that they don't fall. It, it, it was historically we now understand that a year later, the, the goyim might have desecrated it. So instead, they removed it and 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 it's totally gone. So it, it, it says the way it says the safe was about a year before the expulsion, they, they, they plowed it all into the ground, all the, all, all the uh, grapes and so on and so forth. So we don't have a zecher anymore, a physical cave for the rush or a benyoida. On the other hand, um, like the Mura says, you don't make matsevas for big people, their words are matseva. The rush has left us so much that's the living. The Piske Rosh, the the Taisis Rosh, the um, the Arachas Chaim Rabbeinu Rosh, the Tshuvis. There's in back of the in, in back of the um, in back of the Masechtes, we have something called Piske Taisvis, which is in a bridge. It's sort of the bottom lines of Taisis and Psak. It, it, it's, it's some people say the Rosh wrote it. Um, it it you know it could make sense because that was basically what he was trying to do, bring the halacha out. The um, the Maralmi Prague was very against Taisvis on the side of Gemara. He held it sort of leads people into endless pulpul. He proposed putting the rush on the side of the Gemara. He says if you're looking for a safer to sum up the Gemara, there's nothing better than the rush. Um, the the Hashkocha and and the 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 Poikhazima uh, Dabamach has not uh, kept with that, and we have Taisvis inside. But the rush was the safe of the Balatayisvis, the transition of Torah from Germany to Spain, and in many ways he propped up Spanish Jewry. They would be around for another almost 200 years, thanks to him and like him that they they that they brought the the starkheit of 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 the of that German Jewry Balatayisvis to Spain, which was disintegrating. And like I said, his yard side is. Tescheshven, and uh, this is uh, this this marked an extraordinary period of transition in Kaisel's history.